0: Hello everyone, it's time again to talk Ann Arbor area prep hoops with your Coach Feet podcast crew, Derek Seidel from Napoleon, Josh Trope from Chelsea, and yours truly, Matt Seidel from Olivet, all head boys basketball coaches at their respective schools. Hello everybody, it is Sunday, April 3rd, and we are back on the pod, all relaxed, fresh, and even a couple of us suntanned after uh, some vacation time. Fellas,
1: how you doing? Doing real well. I enjoyed the spring break here. Uh, not looking forward to being back in the classroom, uh, you know. But it was it was definitely nice to have the, the week off. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll get back around to it. Just having to to wake up early. I was I was enjoying the, the sleeping in. You know, tomorrow morning waking up at uh, six a.m. or whatever again is not uh, very appealing. But uh, I'm excited to uh, to 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 watch the start of Tigers baseball. Um, you know, I'm going to try to get excited here. I'm hoping they can uh, they can pull me in here early in the season and then get, get to work on some uh, some spring workouts for basketball as well.
2: I'm always uh, excited for that. Family enjoyed uh, the West Coast, had a chance to go out to San Francisco. Uh, we, we actually attended the Duke Arkansas game, uh, the uh, Chase Arena or Chase Center. Out there in San Francisco is unbelievable where the Warriors play. It, it's uh, these new arenas. Well, we have one here for the Pistons. But these new arenas are incredible that they're building all over the place. Uh, enjoyed the West Coast. Got, got back late, late Thursday. So we're kind of settled back on to East Coast time here. And uh, really enjoyed the games last night. The, the Duke-North Carolina game was epic. Just not many times the games live up to the hype. I thought it did. I thought it was an incredible game. And uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I'm ready to go back to school. The Trophy family needs structure. So I'm ready to get rolling back to school tomorrow.
0: Good deal. Good deal. I agree with you about these arenas. Uh, we were down in Southern Florida, took in a uh, Miami Heat game. Uh, they snapped their four game losing streak. I did see uh, Duncan Robinson knock down five triples for the Heat. But that FTX arena in Miami took us, uh, it wasn't quite an easy way to uh, get there. Uh, the wife and I. Uh, we went down a couple of wrong uh, highways and roads and almost, almost got on a cruise uh, one time when we were traveling in Southern Florida. But We, we managed to find it, but that, that, that was a lot of fun. We got to see Verlander pitch for the uh, Astros down at the, in West Palm Beach. So good time getting away, but you're right. It's, it's time for basketball again and uh, start thinking about it and um, obviously getting back to school tomorrow. We're gone and uh, the MHSA, uh, uh, obviously the, the tournament had just finished up. I know Derek and I were able to take in the uh, Class A and B semis on that Friday. And um, Josh, I think you may have already been out of town or heading out of town the next day. Um, You had school that day. What am I talking about? Yeah, we Um, had school. But last week, while we're on vacation, the MHSA makes a couple of moves or announces a few things. Um, And the first that we want to talk about is uh, we will be allowed, uh, we being uh, high school basketball teams, boys and girls alike, will be allowed 22 official games next year. The Olivet Eagles played 24 games last year. Just four were called exhibition games and the other 20 were regular games. So we were pushing the envelope anyway. But now it's 22 regular games. I assume we're still going to get uh, four scrimmages. I have not seen anything in writing about that or or taken away, but uh, 22 games. Um, What are your thoughts on that, fellas? I I thought it was a necessary and kind of straightforward change
1: that needed to be made. I I know it was talked about uh, in the fall even i know at the bcam clinic uh mark Yule was was speaking to how we were just behind the other teams in the or other states i should say in the 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 area so i'm glad to see that they that they made that change um i mean i think it should help fill some gaps in teams schedules which is nice uh, it allows you to to kind of place in some of the 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 over overbreak and early season kind of um events and still not have a bunch of gaps late in the season i know i remember i think it was josh this year was talking about how he was was being driven crazy by having one game a week like three weeks in a row so hopefully that's not happening as often um but yeah i mean i would love to to have seen them go even further but i think this is a good first step to go to 22 games like uh again if, if if you told me we could have 26 games and get to play two games in a day twice a year i'd be all for that but uh i know that's 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 way over the head of uh of a lot of other people. So we'll we'll start with 22. So it's a good step. I'm excited to get to play a few more games next year.
2: I think it's the right number. I mean, 22 with four scrimmages gives you really like 26 games, um, I mean, like four exhibitions. I think that's a good number. Colleges, uh, I know I saw the NAI recently has gone down to 28 games with two scrimmages. So they're at 30 with scrimmages. We're at 26 with scrimmages. That that sounds right. That's a good number. I I think it's the appropriate number. I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, I, as, as coaches, the three of us really enjoy playing over the holidays and playing in some showcase events and things like that. So this really helps with that. So I I think it's a great move and I applaud the MHSA and BCAM getting together and and listening to their coaches. And, and uh, I applaud the athletic directors for supporting this as well.
0: I mean, you know, I think it was a no brainer. Uh, I don't think, I haven't heard anybody I guess, complain about it saying, Oh man, I can't believe we're going to 22. Why don't we stick with 20? I haven't heard that from anybody, which I guess is good. That's what made it a no brainer. So in the last two years or last two seasons, we've gotten the the five quarter rule and now we're at 22 games. We're probably not getting some of the ones that uh, maybe we have a little more passion for, but I will take 22. The other unique thing about next year is the start date for practices is going to be a week later. Um, which is it, it creates kind of a unique situation on the boys' side, especially. The girls will start uh, Monday, November 14, and still be allowed to play games beginning on November 28. So they'll play; they'll be allowed to play games the third week um, of the season, opposed to the fourth week, which has been traditional. The boys will start practicing on Monday, November 21st which happens to be the week of Thanksgiving, which is normally our second week, uh, we too will be able to start playing games at the normal time, um, but th- that's only three weeks into or uh, the third week of the season. So we'll be able to start playing games on Monday, December five. Um, starting a season, the week of Thanksgiving creates kind of a unique deal. Um, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I don't have a problem with it. It's logistically going to be interesting and to try to get families to understand how important those early practices are. But I don't have a problem with being a a week later, especially being at a school where football uh, playoff football is a norm. Um, And and I know it's that way at Chelsea. It should have been that way at Napoleon last year. They kind of got screwed out of a playoff berth just based on the, the kind of the current system. But what are your thoughts about starting the week of Thanksgiving?
2: I'd like to uh, take a coach's poll after the podcast on uh, Twitter or, or wherever you want to post it, but I, I'd like to get some input and see what other people are doing. I, I think this is a, a really a cool thing. I, I think it's the right thing, but it, I think we'll all handle it very differently. I know the three of us have talked and I think we're probably going to handle it differently. I talked to uh, coach Dutton from Clinton you know, he's not liking the late start date. I, I And when we talked, you know, I ran my idea by him. He thought it was kind of crazy. But I, I disagree with the whole important early practices thing. Um, I think this is an ideal setup to have three days of tryouts, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, make your cuts Wednesday afternoon, evening. Tell everybody to have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, go watch the Michigan-Ohio State game. And we'll see you on Monday for the start of the season. I, I think it's a great way to say to families, get away one last time, starting on Monday. You're all mine. I see the thumbs down. That's fine. I, I don't agree with you. Um, I, I think it's a great opportunity to send people away for the Thanksgiving weekend and, and then convince them that, you know, you need to be around her Christmas break.
0: Derek, are you, uh, are you, on the
2: same I don't even, the, I, the wise one. I think, uh,
1: I think he might be a little crazy on that one, but um I, I mean, I, I can see that working, I guess, if you got a you better have an intensive uh, summer program and a lot of continuity w- within your program from you know, the previous year to the next year. You better not need to be installing too many things if you're going to take all that time off, in my opinion, because if you're talking then you're, you got one week, you're probably going to scrimmage somewhere in this. You're, you're really limited on your number of practices if you choose to do that. I, I do think it kind of squeezes things a little bit. You know, depending on how you manage tryouts, like it, you think you want to try to get those tryouts done as quickly as you can. Um, you know, it might even lead to to trying to get it done on Tuesday. Uh, it's kind of what I've been even thinking about, whether that means you have to do a, a third practice in the morning or just go two practices. I know different schools have different rules on tryouts or whatever. Um, and then, obviously, you still want to take a few days off there. Um, I'm hoping that we can get – Uh, I'm hoping to still have two exhibitions that second week. So I would definitely want to utilize some of the practice time the first week. Um, That's kind of the way I picture it is, you know, get tryouts done on that Tuesday, the week of Thanksgiving practice, Wednesday, take Thursday uh, off. And then probably Thursday and Friday off come back um, with a short practice Saturday and then, um, and then get going into the next week, try to try to scrimmage on Wednesday and Friday that week, or have exhibitions that week leading into the games, the following week. That's how I am currently viewing it. Obviously, I don't I don't set that stuff in stone until um, kind of we get we get going in the fall. But that's my initial thought. I may change my mind seven or eight times by then. But um, it definitely creates some some weird logistics. But I think at the end of the day, it, it it's fine.
0: It's it'll still work out. If you're a new if you're a coach coming into a new program, not that any of us are, are doing that this coming year, um, but. If, if you were doing that, that would be a problem. Like, I mean, that that first week becomes really important. So um, I, I I can tell you right now, we'll go Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We'll take Thursday off, and we're coming back on probably Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then all of the next week as well. And just uh, so all of that families, uh, get that Thanksgiving uh, plans, but make sure you're back in town by Friday morning if we're going to practice, or, or maybe at least Friday night. Um, but I just think, yeah, I mean, they get that whole week off, I think that's great for them, especially kids that are coming out of a fall sport like football. Um, But uh, it's time to go if you want to play the week of December 5. Now, you could choose to really not start until the fourth week again or not play until the end of that first week. You know, like um, maybe you don't play till December 9th or December 10th for a boys team or the girls teams, um, obviously, December 3rd or December 2nd. So there's some some uh, I guess some options that you have. But. All in all, we have the longest season. There's a lot of complaining about that. It's a, it's a grind. It's a four-month season of uh, boys and girls basketball, and this, this cuts it down a week. But I, I really do I do like it for football schools. And, and again, I'll, I know is one. I know Chelsea's one. Napoleon has potential to do the thing. Anyway, that's in the playoffs, that extra week is really nice for some of those kids. I assume then we will get to have open gyms um, an, an extra week then. Uh, prior to the two-week shutdown, which is important as well to know. Uh, I haven't seen anything on that, but that's, uh, th- that was newsworthy. It's not a huge change, but it's, it's something worth um, uh, talking about, I guess. The one that, of course, the, my issue with all of this is uh, you know, they, they promoted this. We got the 22 games. The season's going to be a week shorter, whatever. The five-quarter rule last year, that was a nice bone they threw us, but we are still getting nowhere with regard to the shot clock. And, um, you know, maybe I'm on an island. I'm still passionate about it. I still think it would really help the game. I I know I posted something on Twitter uh, the other day. I didn't know that it was going to get as much uh, traffic or response as it did. And it was just really a a blurb from the BCAM newsletter that revealed the uh, results of a survey that said in a recent survey, 71% of BCAM members favor the shot clock, but 73% of 631 athletic directors surveyed are against the shot clock, and that is a major disconnect between basketball coaches and athletic directors, and that is really, that's probably the reason why the MHSA is, 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 we're making their job easy. If athletic directors wanted the shot clock and coaches, I still don't think the MHSA would give it to us right away, but there'd be more pressure on them to give it. Uh, but with this kind of divide between coaches and athletic directors, the MHS, says it's like, cool. We don't even have to talk about it. It's not even on the docket. It's not on the discussion table. And it's just sitting out there, even though the NFHS, um, allows for it now. So, um, anybody, anybody, but heard as much as I am about the shot clock.
2: Well, I will say that you definitely heard from the 29% of B members that are not in favor. It seemed like they were all over your Twitter account The 29%. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, unfortunately, like everything in this country right now, you're allowed to have an opinion as long as it agrees with everybody else's. Otherwise, don't give your opinion because, man, you got, you got some harsh responses and, and some people kind of showed their true colors on there. I mean, some of the things that were said just kind of were. Anyways, it, it, I guess w- my thing is, is um, girls girls basketball is a 30 second shot clock in college. 30. Boys is 35. Um, Yet the girls high school game is played at, at a snail's pace. Um, And I just, so yeah, it's, it's time for the shot clock um, because it's better basketball. Someone made a comment about, well, why are we worrying about the 1%? I agree. This is not about getting kids ready for college. I mean, 99.9% of our kids will never play college basketball. It's about, it's about, you know, creating a better product um and and not only that but a better game of basketball and flow and getting up and down um that's what we believe we might not be right i mean they might bring the shot clock in and when they first bring it in it, it might be a mess maybe we end up being wrong but but i i just thought that the anger in that you attracted on social media through just stating your opinion was was a little crazy so um but i i think it will Give a better product on the court. I think it'll create a, a faster pace of basketball. Kids and coaches will adjust, um, and I, you know, I think it's the right thing to do. Yeah,
1: I think um, I wasn't as maybe upset about it just because I'd already I, I accepted that it wasn't going to happen right now. You just I could tell from just the past couple months and talking to some people that it's just there's not enough support from schools and athletic directors and it's just going to take some time to get this uh like get this through to to ADs and to the people in charge that that this is the right way to go um unfortunately it, change has to work that way i guess sometimes where it's got to be a slow process um i know like some of the people i saw some tweets and stuff saying like oh yeah we'll we'll be able to pass the shot clock and you know 2034, 2032, you know, and and that really kind of is how it feels. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're heading that way eventually. I mean, eventually people will come around to realize that that's the way it should be Um, at some point, you know, it might, what it might require for us, sadly, is it might require the NFHS to, to just actually say, you know, uh, this is the way it should be, or have all the other States around us pass it before us. Like, well, we, God forbid we're a leader in anything uh, uh, or being cutting edge with that type of thing. I I definitely think it would be better. Uh, I agree that the preparing kids for the next level has absolutely nothing to do with it. It's just about creating a better product, creating a better game. Um, the, the more and more I've thought about it. And after playing in the event that we were in, like the idea that it, that it's difficult to run the shot clock is absolutely absurd. It makes no sense at all. You could literally train a middle schooler to do it um and have it be you know part of the student council middle school like that you could literally have a middle schooler successfully run it and have no issues it's not that hard um it's not like we're going to be playing an nba game either where it resets to a different amount on on an offensive rebound versus defensive rebound and this and that like it's not even that much you see some refs complaining that oh it's going to people saying that it's going to give the refs more things to worry about the refs it, it doesn't change anything we played in that event at at uh Spring Arbor, they they didn't. I if you ask the refs that ref that game, they didn't have to worry about it one one time, like okay, like they got to make sure that the 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 clock personnel knows how it resets on like a kick ball. That was like the only situation where it resetted in a weird fashion. Like it's really nothing big at all for, for, for that respect. All it would do is it would create better flow of, of games, and it would make the ending of close games so much more intriguing. I mean, I could, we didn't have a ton of close games this year, but when we did like, you know, we're, we're holding the ball for, over two minutes. Like that's, that's the strategy we're forced to use. And then that means the defense has to follow us and it just becomes a clunky end of the game. And uh, sometimes you can have a game that had great flow, great pace, and it has to end that way because there's no other route to go with, with no shot clock. I mean, you watch, you watch last night in the final four in the Duke North Carolina game. Like imagine if there's no shot clock, you know, you, Dukes up with over a minute to go or whatever with the ball, they could have been just hold the ball for, for a minute and a half, and now we're fouling even earlier. But instead, you're able to play with flow all the way till there's 10, 15 seconds left in the game. I mean, there was a possession last night where I think Duke was on defense and losing, and, and they're able with 40 seconds to go, and they, they are able to play the possession out defensively and say, if we get a stop, we have a chance to tie the game and win. You, you don't have that option in high school basketball without a shot clock. It's just, you know, and I get that. That's not going to affect every game, but um, the ones that it would affect, it would be, it'd be nice to have that
0: uh, in play. By the way, Duke probably should have followed last night instead of let the shot clock run down since the guy hit a three and put the dagger in him. But that was just, it <laughs> went from one to four. Uh, I I wasn't quite as discouraged by the Twitter response. I was actually encouraged. I thought there was a lot of, you know, just people with the likes and stuff. We had a, we had a very articulate athletic director from, the Bay city area that made some very good points about maybe some of the issues with it. I thought that was uh that was all good dialogue. We had a, we had an official comment on the Twitter uh, post that probably that, that official probably needs to get out of basketball. He's not, doesn't like kids. He doesn't like spectators. He doesn't like coaches. It's time to go do something else, pal. That's what I wanted to put out there, but I was still just watching the basketball game and not too involved as for the, uh, ridiculous comment from the elmont assistant coach um i, I don't even i'm not even going to justify that with with a response but um that yeah that's another guy that probably needs to find something else to do too but the the thing with the shot clock um i don't think it's coming anytime soon but i think it's inevitable that it is coming uh um, i think it will probably have it in five to ten years and then we'll just look back and say why didn't we just in you know why, why didn't we have it in 2022 um, the other part of, of having it just the defensive freedom that having the shot clock gives to, you know, where teams aren't forced They're not, you know, you don't have these zone teams and I, we saw so much zone this year. We didn't even know how to run our man offense come to district time. We'd seen so much zone during the season, but um, there are teams, of course, we, we got some teams in our league that'll play zone down 30 uh, that no offense colleagues, but they do just to kind of get the game over with, but it's time to maybe come out of that zone and we weren't going to hold the ball anyway, but you, you know, you're forced to come out of zone now with no shot clock. And and so everybody's, you know, forced to play man. So uh, the underdog sometimes uh, even is, is uh, the obstacles are even greater. Defensive freedom would be allowed if you had a shot clock, but you you couldn't pull a team out of his own until very late in the game. So if the shot clock wasn't in effect, that's one thing. The one thing that did come to mind last yesterday, as I was thinking about it is the installation of all these shot clocks. They're going to come times where, during a game the shot clock isn't going to it's going to malfunction or some of these schools that maybe don't have the the resources to to maintain these things properly and all of a sudden the start of a game it's not working or in the middle of the game it stops working like what happens then you didn't see that you don't see that in college there's always someone to fix it that was the one thing that came to mind like that would be there would have to be a contingency plan you know, you might play a game without the shot clock because the shot clock at the venue you're, you're playing at isn't working and there isn't a crew there to fix it um, because the custodians are all home that night. Those are things that will happen, but those are just growing pains. And I'm sure the states that have the shot clock right now are going through those as well, but it's still a better game with it. You'll never convince me um, otherwise. And, and you when you watch a game that has the shot clock and then you watch one that doesn't, um, it uh, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious to me. So. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, the shot clock snub continues. I don't expect it to end anytime soon, but I'm going to keep beating that drum uh, for as long as I can. So speaking of uh, tournaments, uh would you guys, the, the girls' uh, state tournament ended a couple weeks ago. The boys' state tournament ended a week ago. Um, any takeaways from it? Any, any, any things that uh, were exciting to you? Great memories, images, anything that after watching it you'd like to see changed? What are your thoughts on all of that?
2: I would have liked to see Don Palmer win a state title. I Mm. was just, I mean, I kind of knew Hartland wasn't going to win that game, but man, I was really hoping they pull it off. I'd love to see him win it. Um, You know, what an incredible career he's had. And he coached against me as a, a player. Um, He coached against me as a coach and in uh, for a while there, I thought he was going to end up coaching longer than me too, but it sounds like he's done at least for now, who knows, he could reappear somewhere else, maybe as an assistant or something. Um, But what a great career he had uh, and what an incredible job he did at Heartland. Um, You know, it's, it's just funny too. Like he's one of those examples of hall of fame coach, you know, winner everywhere you go, but you know, at some point you, you rub everybody the wrong way. And it, it, at times he, he, like, I think he left Hartland or Milford before he went to Hartland, just kind of, you've been there too long, maybe not too long, but have been there long enough. And, um, you know, I think no matter if you stay somewhere long enough, maybe people lose a little appreciation for what, what you can do and things like that. And I thought Don was a great example of that. Um, great career. I was happy to see Arbor Prep win a state title. Scott's a great guy. Uh, they, they obviously are an elite program over there. Edison once again proved that they're the cream of the crop in girls basketball, um, and and hey, how about the the upset of Beecher? Is that maybe the the story? I mean, is that is Schoolcraft beating Beecher the story of the state tournament?
0: Yeah, anybody knows Randy Small and in the, in the Schoolcraft program probably not shocked by it. And they and they, I didn't realize how big they were. They had some dudes, they had some size, and these kids could play. And they were not rattled. I did not see the Beecher game; that was the Thursday game. But after watching Schoolcraft on Saturday, I, I you know, didn't surprise me at all. After you see what they had in Menominee, was was a very good. That Class C state final in boys basketball was was two really high level teams for that small of schools.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I was I was definitely surprised to to see the score. Just everyone had kind of just written. Written it in, in already that that Beecher was going to win it. I mean, like the number two team in Division Three was like in their own district and they beat them by thirty five. That was like the one was like, oh goodness, like no one's going to challenge them. And so it was surprising to see that. I like you, I didn't see it because it was during the school day. I wasn't able to check much of it out. I'm um, going back to the girls game. I did I did check out some of the Arbor Prep game. That was a really a high level game as well. A lot of lot of shot making. Uh, from both sides in that game, that was impressive. I mean, Petticord was obviously, uh, I thought, the difference there just because she was so so good at making tough shots, at least early in the game, to give them that lead, and then they were able to hold off Reed City. In the boys' games, uh, I thought it was a really, really high-level set of finals. Uh, The semis, actually, I I I think it was good matchups. None of the games ended up being super close, Um, but it, it did set up for some good finals. I mean, you had multiple overtime games, Um, the De La Salle grand blank game was extremely interesting. And even though it ended up being a nine point game, I mean, there was major runs and swings, um, in that game. And, and the Williamson grand Rapids Catholic central game was, was obviously a legit game as well. I would have loved to see, uh, you know, well, I guess what Williamson and La LaSalle play like you know the next day. Like, let's see, let's let's settle this thing because it was <laughs> it would have been pretty even. Uh, the, the, the division one, division two were, were very uh comparable, at least at the top this year in that in that final game. But uh, I thought it was good. Um, if, if you're looking for some things that I just being there on that on that uh Friday, I, I wish that they would do a little bit more to, to make it more exciting. Um, I get some of it is it's the nature of of the situation where you're, you know, you're playing during this, during the day, a lot of, sometimes the schools are, you know, the are, are in school. You're some of the schools that just started spring break. So you're not going to necessarily get the big crowds or whatever. You're also going to have a lot of people there that coaches and things that aren't necessarily cheering for one team or another. So it's not going to create a, a, a crazy atmosphere like you might see in a, in a district game, even like, I think I was commenting like yeah, our, our district final was a, was a more hostile, crazy environment than, than the state, finals and semifinals I just think uh I think that you could really like do some of the things that that you see in in college and in the NBA like for example a small thing like get the announcer more into the game like even during the during the introductions or even during the game. Like you don't have to, I know it's like, Oh, we want to keep it, uh, keep it even, you know, so they can't, they can't get be favoring anybody this, this way or that way. Like get somebody excited to be there. Like just, I, I don't know. It's, it's little things like that, that I, I think could maybe just improve the experience probably has no effect on the game, no effect on anything, but um, just little things that I maybe noticed that could,
2: that could be improved. Your father and I had that exact same conversation the Thursday of the, uh, c and d semis about um just a lack of atmosphere you know and and you know what could be the reason for that and i think the grand plank coach might uh agree with us based on what i've seen yeah for, former yeah. former grand Plank coach
0: yeah before we we definitely got to touch on that the one thing I, uh, you mentioned don palmer i gotta tell you man there there are two guys that are probably the most influential in me when i was a young coach one was don meyer who was at David Lipscomb university. And at that time, and I I remember just buying all of his, I think I've referenced this before buying all of his VCR tapes and watching the heck out of them and learning a ton about basketball. But Don Palmer influenced me. I don't even know that he knows that he influenced me. I was a young coach. I was working at the Milford times and the South line Herald covering Milford basketball was one of my beats. And so I just got to know him. And he really, he would, he would talk to me for a long time on the phone and in person and just talk basketball, and the guy just was a, he just had a great way of going about things, he was a a real student of the game, and I learned a ton during like the five years that I, that I worked at the newspaper, just covering his teams, and uh, to see him have that success made me feel really good as well, but back to Graham Blank. Uh, Mike Thomas, obviously, uh, you know, takes great, you know, he was the coach that took Kalamazoo Central to back to back state titles, took Grand Blank to the state title last year, has a bunch of adversity. His best player leaves and other kids leaves, I think they still get back to the state finals. They're the one school at the state finals that doesn't have like community support, didn't have like a student section, didn't have a ton of people there, organized student section, especially when you compare it to what uh, Warren Salle had with the bro zone or whatever the heck they had going. Um, but he, he, uh, he, he, makes a comment about the, the lack of community support, not just that day, but throughout the season. And then he takes another job. He's at East Kentwood now, um, which is kind of interesting. He goes to another school with about 2,800 kids. But, um, I personally, fr- uh, Josh, when you and I had that conversation Thursday, you're right. Uh, the C and D the, the atmosphere did not see, at least on TV did not appear to be very energetic. I thought Friday it was it was uh, it was pretty good with the exception of you know the Belleville students really weren't that into it Ferndale really didn't support much that day and Grand Blank didn't either on Friday and on Saturday Grand Blank was the only one that didn't show up and uh, at least they didn't show up in an organized manner like some of the other communities but um, I don't I don't know if they can do anything different I think it just it goes it, it's based on the community it's also based on the timing half the schools in the state were going on spring break you know that day and um you know maybe that affected it some people are leaving some people are driving and they can't make their uh, they can't change it and stay for an extra day um I don't know but I think some of those schools that were there and in support were probably on spring break as well so it's a tough one um but it was interesting to see that uh that also bantered on social media quite a bit one other thing uh (laughs) before before we leave the state finals First of all, I want to sit down with the D. LaSalle coach. Uh, is it, it? How does it? it can he spell his name properly? John is supposed to be spelled J-O-N or J-O-H-N. It's he's got it's G-J-O-N. I, I assume that's John, right? And then it's uh, it, is it Jokic? Is that his joke
2: Joke Jokic. Okay, so that's Jokai. what they were saying on the broadcast. I'm sorry, man. I had coach no John's idea. What I'm saying. Don't, forget, don't forget, we tried to get John on. We the- did. We, the podcast when we're having coaches on. Well, that's he, what I'm
0: talking about. We can't. Co- and, and coach, I apologize. You're you're getting fitted for a state championship ring, and I'm here butchering your last name. But coach Jokai, uh, he dude, he does a great job. I want to talk to him about that defensive system that he has. I mean, I, I love some of the stuff they do offensively as well. But that just that that zone and some of the coverages and the little intricacies of it, I think, would be really interesting. He'd be a perfect guest for us for one of our summer uh, topics. But I gotta admit, so you know, he he's mic'd up like all these coaches are in the uh, in the huddle. And coach had a moment that probably was not. He didn't want to be public. Um, and it was one. It I don't know why I fell off my couch laughing mainly because his players were trying to like shield I, if they could like hit the rewind button they would have he he dropped uh he dropped a word that probably shouldn't have been dropped uh, during the <laughs> uh uh during the huddle and it was on the live broadcast and they didn't have they must not have had a delay time because it got through and of course the announcers apologized for it rumor yeah. has it he took a little heat from the MHSA about it but um Josh were you mic'd up in the state finals in 2014 yeah. did they have a mic on you because back then you were kind of a, a a wild man i don't
2: know if that so was it's a wise funny. Idea it's funny you say that that we used to joke before I made it there that if we ever got there there's no way I'd, I'd wear one of those things I you know that type of thing um so we did not I did not wear one during the game the mic was in the locker room pre-game and at halftime uh so to be a little careful there and then um in huddles they would put the mic in the huddle but I didn't actually wear it so that was you know but I was very aware of it um <laughs> but especially uh, pregame and halftime stuff. I was very aware of it, but you know, I mean, I, yeah. So you, you got to catch yourself, right? I and mean, st-
0: stuff happens, man. And that's just one of those things. And I, I, I laughed about it. I don't know if people got upset about it or if there was any heat for this from the school or not, but stuff happens, especially, I mean, under the most intense pressure you could be under. And that game was, was, you know, it's an intense moment an intense timeout, but it just it made me laugh and made me think about my goodness. Yeah. Be careful. So Derek, he doesn't deserve. Any, about? He doesn't
1: deserve any heat if he's getting any. I mean, come on, man! It's the middle of a state championship game. Yeah, whatever, like let it rip, man. Just right. Be you. But uh, what I would love to see is I wanted I wanted to hear what he was yelling during the semifinal game and how in the world did he not get a T? He was riding the rest like he was Tom Izzo out there, and you do not see that. You don't see coaches be able to get away with that in the high school game very often he was all over these guys it was nuts but we have a
0: lot we have a lot of of sensitive I'm going to use the word sensitive a lot of sensitive officials out there these days and you're right Uh, Jackson County for example man you look at those guys wrong they're teeing you up in the Greater Lansing Activities Conference get a little more leeway um, and uh, try to stay off those guys but yeah he was on fire that day And, and maybe it was all maybe the words coming out of his mouth were just funny and the officials weren't taking offense, but it didn't look that way. It looked like he was pushing them a little bit and they gave him a long leash, but which is the right thing to do. You don't need to tee him up in that situation, but you're right. Compared to the regular season, some of the the sensitivity that we are running into um right now with officials and this is me speaking not Derek and Josh I would
2: like to clarify for the (laughs) listeners and the officials listening those those are the words of Matt Seidel not the podcast I just want to clarify who was speaking there
0: I'm old school man where you could get away with a lot more so these days it's I, I have no other word to use but sensitive so um it is what it is but yeah that that was interesting he was he was rolling in the semifinals for sure so
2: it's uh while we're on the topic of officials um Obviously, you know, w- with the shorter season and more games, that's a concern that a lot of people have that we're going to have a harder time finding officials. Um, and I'll be curious to see if some leagues move off the traditional Tuesday, Friday league schedule. I know Derek's league is some, some Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday stuff. You know, I, maybe some Saturday games. I'll, I know, Matt, you, you, you might have some uh, thoughts and some information on that as well. But, like, I feel like that's the route. We're going we're to start looking at that. The other thing is, uh, I'll tell you what, we'd make a hell of a three-man crew. I'm just saying, you know, Mondays and Thursdays we could officiate, Tuesdays and Fridays, coach. I, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm just saying.
0: I'm in. I'm in. I can't run very well anymore, but I'm in.
2: I, I. Have seen some of the guys doing our games? Yeah. Yeah, I can run, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah,
0: you're right. I'm good. You're right. I think I'm. I think I'm good. Uh. We, too, uh, being the Greater Lansing Activities Conference, the GLAC, we're going to, uh, like, boys are going to go Monday, Thursday, the first half of the season, and girls Tuesday, Friday, and then the second half of the season, we're flip-flopping, so we're kind of taking the model of the, the Cascades and the Big Eight and doing that. Part of it is just so our communities aren't divided, and we're not, you know, have one game at one spot and another one on the same date. So um, but also, that I think, to alleviate the officials uh, issue, our, our signer was was happy when when we told him that we were going to do that. He thought that was going to make his job easier. So uh, you might you're right. You might see more of that. And, and the Saturday things, I, uh, I assume, are going to occur more, especially with more. You know, we, we have two extra games now. So <laughs> hey, the only other thing we want to talk about, um, you know, we, we just had the state tournament. We have four boys champions and we have four girls champions. And, uh, you know, I just, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not butthurt about this. You know, we, but we're one of the schools that's affected. We're one of these small class B schools, you know, we're 470 kids and, you know, we play in a district that had school, you know, schools of, of 800, you know, so they almost, almost double our size, not quite. And, uh, it, it's tough. And, um, you know, if we were, had, if we had five divisions, we would probably benefit from that, uh, small division two schools. Um, you know, division three would probably, if we had five divisions, division three might be, you know, 350 to 600 or something like that. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing a number out there. Um, so, you know, I've always been a proponent of, hey, let's, you know, let's consider five divisions in sports like basketball and, um, and volleyball and, and maybe baseball and softball for that matter. But those already seem to work out because a lot of schools don't even have those. And I know there's people like Josh, who's putting up six fingers right now, think maybe even six divisions um, would work. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Are we good with four? You prefer
2: five, six, or what? To me, th- this topic is, is more important than the shot clock topic to me. I mean, we we have, we have right now 10 champions in football, 10. Two right. eight-man champions and eight divisions. So we have 10 state champions, yet we have less schools that offer football than we do basketball. It, it just – it doesn't make any sense and we have four champions. I, I I don't want 10. I mean, that that's, that's beyond watered down. I don't, I don't need that, but we, we got to get to a point where, you know, schools like you're saying of 400 aren't playing schools of 800 or, you know, imagine it being a school of like 920 kids playing against a school, of 2,800 kids. It's, it's almost 2000 different. I mean, it's, we really got to get to six divisions. I, I think it, it's, it would be good for the sport. It would uh, create, uh, more parity in the state playoffs. Um, we have a lot of blowouts in the state playoffs um, early on with, because we run into some of that stuff. I just think it'd be great. I think, um, yeah, I, I think it'd be a great. Why not have more state champions? What's, what's wrong with that? I mean, I, I think it's, and I, and I get, I don't want to be misunderstood. I think it's incredible what football's done because you have that many more teams that think they have a chance to get to a final four or a state final or even win at all, which is awesome for kids and programs and sports. I mean, that's a great thing. Why not do that in all the sports? And, and I don't know how many teams play volleyball, but I would think that would be the other one we need to talk about, probably having six. Um, I know what you're saying about softball and baseball. There's not a lot of schools that offer that, or not as many, but m- maybe they go to five then. But, yeah, I mean, let, let's let's up it in everything. Why not? Let's go. I mean, I, I'm, I, I agree 100%. We should follow the football model. I love it. We should follow it for the, the playoff points. We should follow it for seeding the, the regional. I mean, football has the model we all should be following. So let, let's get on board.
1: I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't want it to go get too large. You don't want to water it down too much. I guess I'd worry about I do agree that a little bit of the expansion would be good. I, I think you'd have to really mess around with the numbers a little bit to see how it would play out. You're never going to fix the class a issue like because there's just some schools that are so much bigger than others. It's not going to be fixed. Like, cause you know, even if you went to six, seven divisions, you're still going to have schools of 2,800 playing schools of 1,400. Like you're probably still, cause there's at the top, like there's a few outlier schools that are way up there. So you can't totally freak out about that. But if you shrink that down a little bit where it's, you know, 1,200 to 2,800, that's probably better than 900 to 2,800. And um, if you can get it to where, you know, you're, you know, those middle groups are, are a little bit better. I mean, I tell you, like class C, I, I never you never even hear anybody say anything about school size. You know, even though there is a there is a situation where you could have a 200 kids school and a 400 kids school competing where it's technically double the size. But it's not as big of an issue. But part of that's due to the fact that it's just a smaller school in general. Uh, it, it doesn't make as big of a difference at that at that level there. Um, I, I would have to see the numbers. I would definitely not want to go any higher than six. Um, but, uh, if you could get it to, to play out where, where you're, you're shortening those gaps a little bit, I think it would be beneficial to, to everybody and really just kind of, um, put people in a better situation with the, with those, those, uh, being basically over doubled up or more than doubled up uh, against opponents in terms of school size. Cause it, it obviously at the end of the day does make a, a big difference.
0: Well, heck, we definitely have all the answers right here on this podcast. So man, I, I don't even know why they, you know, they don't, there's no need for committees or things like that. Just just give us a call. Let us know. Let, let us know what your problem is and we'll fix it for you. And we can do it in 45-minute podcast and we'll put it out there and uh, see what happens. So um anyway, I'm I'm kind of joking and kind of not joking, if you know what I mean. But all good stuff, man. It was uh it was a great season as usual. Uh, you know, not, nothing's perfect, but man, it's been a sure nice. Having what really looked like a normal season, especially after the 20 season was cut short and the 20, uh, the 2021 year was what the heck was that? We're going to look back on that. Hopefully we'll never have to look back again and say we came close to doing it again, but, uh, this was fun. And now it's time to actually coming back out of spring break. It's time to get ready for, you know, I guess, uh, start thinking about our, our schedules for next year, start thinking about our summer schedules and maybe working out some kids, I assume all of us have a, at least a few kids that are playing some AAU basketball. That kicked off this week. I know we had three guys playing down at Allen Park, and I know there were there's tournaments going on, some of these early tournaments going on all over the place. So um, it's a fun time of year, um, but uh, I, I wish this weather would change because we've got a bunch of sports scheduled this coming week, and it looks like it's uh, highs in the 40s with rain all week. So um, I'd rather go back to Florida, but that's just me. So anyway uh on that note fellas enjoy uh enjoy your return to school Derek uh take a deep breath getting back in the classroom would be good for you. those middle school math kids uh they love you in there so and Josh uh, you'll be bouncing around I'm sure and you guys are both middle school. I forget both you guys are middle school teachers holy cow I don't know how you do it I do not know how you do it so on that note you guys everybody have a great time we'll uh, be back with you soon take care